welcome to Between the Liars with Ryan and Denny. Hi, everybody. How's everyone doing? It's good to be here. <laughs> good to have you back. Uh, so today is our one-year anniversary for Between the Liars, and we've got some new, interesting, and I think will be really enjoyable things coming up for you. Uh, we've got several announcements, and we've got a lot... Just uh, we're we're actually gonna have through cameos through the magic of audio and video recording. We're gonna go ahead and have some of those guests come back. And I've put out uh, eight questions. So before I get into those, remember that you can help the show out a lot by liking and subscribing to this channel if you're watching us through our live stream. Also, if you are listening through our podcast platforms, give us a like, give the comments explaining why you love us, why we are your absolute favorite podcast. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. Uh, and Danny and I, we're going we're gonna to answer these questions too, but these are the eight questions that I sent out. Uh, what inspired you to start your podcast? Because we've done a lot of networking with other podcasters. Danny, this question towards you will be more towards your TikTok. We'll make that applicable for you. Uh, what is the biggest lesson you've learned since you started? What's the biggest challenge you faced as a political commentator? Both sides of the aisle, we get a lot of hate as political commentators. You're going to piss some people off. <laughs> if you're not pissing people <laughs> off, you're not doing your job right. 100%. And uh, actually, just as a side comment, what's been really interesting is that our most divisive topics have been the ones that have been the most viewed. They're the ones that people actually come and engage with, which not what I would have thought to begin with. But uh, here we are. Uh, let's see. Uh, number four. So I, I, I posed this question. You said yes when we asked you to collaborate. What made you say yes? And what was your favorite part of crossing over with us? Number five, how has collaborating with other podcasters benefited you or been a positive experience? Uh, they've had me or, or Josh or Marcelo on their shows. They've been on other people's shows. So I really just wanted to dig into what do you enjoy about this? Because, you know, <laughs> most of us are not getting paid. We don't get enough viewers for it to be monetized. So there's something driving your show. And if it's not money, I, I wanted to know what it was. Uh, number six, what was a lesson, good or bad or surprising that you learned? And then I asked him to say something nice about us, you know, because we're vain like that. <laughs> uh, and then the eighth question was to plug their show and their content. So if you want to know... Uh, the people who responded, we have Luigi from the Agree to Disagree show, we have the Alt-Left podcast, we have Ken from Taboo Topic, and we have Joe Bob from the Daily Caller slash Turning Point USA. All of their information, like their link trees and stuff like that, linked below. Danny's stuff will be linked below, and uh, so you can follow them, check out their other content, and we're going to hear <laughs> from them. Uh, Danny, before we get into this, I heard, uh, I heard you got a new job. I want to hear a little bit about that. In the I news did. of updates. Well, <laughs> you know, so it is not, it was offered uh, again. So let me start from the beginning. Um, I am a three-time felon here in Arizona. Um, you know, I, it's been since this 2015, it's been difficult to find housing. It's been difficult yeah. to find a, a job. Um, it's been just difficult to be a part of society, period. Um, you know, no, regardless if I've changed my life and I, you know, I've got a degree and I'm giving back to the community that I, I, I not stole from literally, but I was not good to, you know, mm -hmm. driving intoxicated takes away from the safety of the community. Um, so, you know, I'm doing my best to make a living amends to everybody that doesn't even know what happened mm -hmm. because I put them, their family their friends in danger of driving intoxicated back in 2015. And, and 
I'm not okay with that. So daily, I make a choice to make a living amends and do the right thing and treat people well. So on the, with the job part, um, you know, I never believed for the longest time that I was worthy of a position other than something minuscule, you know, um, that that was just what I was going to be the rest of my life. And when the state representative, Walt Blackman, uh, stood beside me and told me his exact words were, somebody must have told you something when you were younger that you believed that was a lie. You know, I don't know. He was right. Um, whether it's you're not worthy or you're not good enough and it's stuck. And then with everything that came afterwards, it's stuck. So, you know, finally, after working with him and, and then a, a, a year and a half of not working with him, but still building myself and still doing better. Hi, Squeaky. Um, and like just realizing my worth, you know, working for the Reveille Foundation, changing lives. I thought, shoot, I'm going to go ahead and apply for both the VA hospital and the Arizona Department of Veterans Services. I get a call back from the Arizona Department of Veterans Services, and they offer me the position of Veterans Benefits Counselor. I was blown away. A couple days later, they called and rescinded the offer. Um, I, have, I am always an open book. I'm always up front. I let them know about my background. They know me well anyway. Um, but for some reason, just wasn't going through HR. And when they called me and told me, I said, you know, with, with all respect, all respect and nothing less, that's not going to work for me. And I said, I will call. We'll talk soon. Okay. And um, I said, thank you for the offer. I appreciate you. You'll be hearing from me. You know, not threatening, politely, um, not even assertively, just kind you know that's not gonna work for me guys we'll be hearing from me soon so i got together more letters uh, character letters from people who are um very well known in the community and uh, that know me personally and the um the strides that i have come over the last five years and they wrote letters and they stood behind me I, i'm sure they called well, I got a call a couple days ago that said, we'd like to reoffer you the position. And I'm thinking, yes, you know, self, sorry, Terry, self-advocacy is so important. And um, I say that all the time. And a lot of times I forget to say that advocating for those without a voice is also extremely, if not more important. Um, so, you know, I would love to open like a nonprofit, um, having to do with teaching people in my shoes, how to get what they need, you know, but if you're not doing the right thing and you're still out there breaking the law and being a danger to the public, don't come to me because I'm not going to help you. But if you turned your life around and you're doing better and you're still being discriminated against. Then come to me and we'll talk and we'll work it out. Well, that's, that's an awesome testament, I think, to what you have done to change your life since you've served your time, that you had that many connections who were willing to vouch for you to the point that they did reoffer that position. So that's amazing. Um, and I think I think we're gonna we're gonna pre-record an episode Tuesday. I think we'll talk a little bit about things like um, advocating for yourself, especially um, when you have felonies, when you have obstacles. So 
Join us next week for that. We're going to get some of Danny's inside opinions with the new leverage that she has with this new position. <laughs> so that'll be that'll be a great conversation. Uh, that does kind of segue us into another announcement. Between Liars is going to be changing the days that they do their live streams because <laughs> I have also accepted a new position. I'll be back at Murray State University in the fall where I got my master's. They rehired me. Well, they've now hired me full-time. Um, instead of as a grad student, and I will be uh, finishing my dissertation from afar, and I will be coaching the speech and debate team, which means that I'll be traveling a lot of weekends, and so you know, not going to have the time to do this. So we're gonna we're gonna find a time during the week that works for us. We don't know when that time is yet, but we will post out. As soon as we do, I've got to talk with the others and see kind of what our schedules look like. Uh, so why don't we uh, let's let's go over some of the milestones that uh, we as a podcast have hit. So this is a, we're coming up on our one year anniversary. Our first episode aired June seventh in twenty twenty one, which was a Tuesday, which actually makes it a perfect three hundred and sixty five day to release the podcast on Monday. Uh, we have wow. done eighty two episodes in total. Now that includes the teaser trailers that I cut and I edit to kind of give people a picture of what they'll be getting themselves into. It also includes uh, the bonus episodes that we've done. So when we've done crossovers with the Alt Left podcast or the Agree to Disagree show or Red Girl in a Blue World uh, or Taboo Topic, we've done so many. <laughs> uh, that includes the bonus episodes. We've done 36 live streams, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it also kind of does. Like I feel like we've been live streaming forever, uh, but we only started October 2nd of 2021. So, yeah, uh, that's, that's not that's that's not a long time. But no. man, I mean, even the uh, Julie Gunnigal, who I have who I'm working with for Maricopa County Attorney, has yep. seen this, I believe, prior to me, which is pretty dang cool. So, yeah, the uh, the analytics for YouTube, I think we've got like two thousand hits on our stuff, maybe. So out of thirty that's, episodes, that's that's not a bad not a bad spread as far as viewership goes. No. <laughs> and I Sorry, think, I was sharing the live with all my family. Oh, so no, hey, perfect. <laughs> Get that viewership up. Love it. <laughs> I see them popping in now. Um, I think we've had, I counted 14 guests. That includes the four that are going to be um, answering the questions today. That includes Danny, Lil Josh. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've, we've had quite a few people. And we didn't really start having on guests consistently un, until I, I would say... Maybe this year. I, I feel like that was. I feel like we've 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 had more guests since January than we did even starting back in October when we started live streaming. I'd say so. Good good turn. Well, I'm I, I'm excited. Uh, Julie Gunnigal did say she was interested. If you guys awesome. haven't known, uh, you know, Ghost Floof. I don't have access to comment back. I don't know if you can give me that, Ryan. But man, uh, thanks for that comment. I this appreciate one that. right here. Yeah, I just don't have access here to um, respond. Yeah. But it, anyway, I just wanted to say thank you. So Julie Gunnigal, um, the county attorney candidate that I'm working with, uh, she is interested in coming on the show. This woman is one of the most amazing women I've ever met. And that is why I switched my voters, my voting registration mm -hmm. once I got my civil rights back. Yeah. So... You know, I'm no party uh, specific in order to be able to see and receive all information regarding the Democratic Party 
even though I'm only going to vote for that. Right. Maybe sure, because those don't need to be a red or blue fight. That's a fight for uh, saving lives, period. Right, right, right. Absolutely. And I'm excited for that because when you were first coming on, we first started collaborating. You were like, oh, this might be a thing. And now it is. So we just got to lock down a date. We're going to make that happen, though. So I am... I am beyond excited for that. I, I love that we're getting more of these civil servants and that they're actually civil servants and not the career politicians because I, I draw a clear distinction. I hate politicians. I love civil servants, right? Like the people that we're having on are people who are actually trying to make a difference. I'm thinking like yeah. pretty much anybody who's in the House or Senate right now, they're pretty much by and large just in it for the power. <laughs> and there, there's a few exceptions, but... A walk white man is yes, one of those. Yes, the, but because those exceptions not, are, are so rare that they're refreshing. And if we can get Walt Blackman, that'd be awesome too. <laughs> I'm working on it. Yeah. So um, I was going to say something else regarding uh, people coming on. Uh, but, I, you know, oh, uh, Kirsten Cinema's veterans liaison oh um she may be well actually she probably would be very interested okay so well here if, if you're listening to this then you're you're hearing us teasing out our possible guest list you know <laughs> you guys let us know man who would you like to hear from in arizona and i probably have a contact for them yeah so and if we've got listeners who would like to be a guest, they'd like to debate us on a topic, I'd love to have you on. I would particularly love to have more left-leaning people on and more conservatives. But like, I feel like, I don't know, I'm really trying to find someone who is in favor of gun control because I, I, I would love to debate them on that. So that's kind of that's kind of my my area. Okay, see if see if they're interested. Um, but I would love to have people who strongly disagree with me on. Um, and, and you'll see, let's, let's start with Luigi. Luigi and I tend to agree more than we disagree. Uh, I'll play his answers and then, and then we'll, we'll chat. So I'm going to minimize us here. Pull us down. Just look. <laughs> I love this stream. Yard. <laughs> it makes it so easy. All right. Uh, let's make sure the audio works here and we'll go. Hey everyone. It's Luigi here from the agree to disagree show podcast. Just want to say a happy anniversary, one year anniversary to Between the Liars podcast. That is quite a feat in this day and age. So congratulations, guys. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and working with you. So uh, without further ado, um, what was my inspiration to start a podcast? Uh, my mom and my friends always said that I had a big mouth and <laughs> I've always been heavily opinionated. And with the way the world has been going uh, at the beginning of, of, of COVID, I was, um, you know, found myself like, like all of us uh, at home, uh, stuck in quarantine at home. And um, I decided to, to get out there and uh, start a podcast. This was actually my second one. Uh, but this one, I used to do a prior one with, with a co-host. And uh, I decided to do it a little bit different. Uh, in the format that I'm doing it today. And um, that's pretty much it. I just feel that I do have a message to give. I love learning new things. I love meeting new people, uh, uh, whether it be guests or other podcasters. And uh, that's the reason why I started uh, podcasting again. Uh, my, my biggest lesson I've learned um, is basically not necessarily changing my beliefs in 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 how I view the world, but um, more uh, on the fact that I'm willing to listen more now as I get older and I started this podcast, 
I have learned to agree to disagree with people, but even if people I disagree with, I want to try to understand them, why they think a, a certain way. And sometimes they have changed my mind. Or at least I will even, even like I said, if I don't agree with them, I will understand them and I could see their point of view on why they're so adamant about a certain point. So I've definitely learned that in, in doing it. Um, my, my, my biggest challenge um, being a political commentator is basically, of course, being um, called all the names in the book, whether it be transphobic, racist, um, the, the list is too long. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, pretty steadfast in my in my beliefs, and uh, that has definitely been the biggest challenge in terms of, especially in today's world where everyone uh, everyone has a voice and everyone thinks they're right and their their opinion is the only one that matters. Um, that has been definitely my biggest challenge right now, dealing with that. Uh, I'm aware, you know, we put ourselves out there as podcasters. I'm I'm well aware of that. And we open our uh, uh, we open up ourselves for ridicule, and uh, but that's okay. I've been I've learned to deal with it. I learned to um, ignore a lot of it, which I think is is the best thing that I could do for my own mental health. Um, so why why did why did I say yes when when between the liars asked me to to collaborate? Um, well, basically. I love their point of view. I love the fact that it was it was my uh, first point of contact with American uh, politics and American podcasters. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware. I, I'm uh, I am from Montreal, Canada, Quebec, and our point of view, the way we see things, is is very different than Americans. Obviously, even though we're very much alike in so many ways. Um, so it was it was just a great collaboration to get to know you guys and to discuss certain. Um, certain topics that 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 probably only affect Americans and vice versa. When you when I had you guys on my show, and you wanted to know a little bit more in terms of Canadian topics and and issues that we've had on on both sides of the border. So um, that was definitely my favorite part of the the crossing over was trying to, again trying to understand um, certain certain views and why are certain American states or just the American um, thinking processes could be a very different than the Canadian one, even though, like I said, we are very much alike. Um, you know, collaborating with other podcasters since I started doing it, I absolutely love it. Um, it's been an extremely positive experience because it opens up myself um, personally in terms of seeing different points of view and also to see what other podcasters are doing and how well they're doing and how well researched and what they're putting into their into their show and it, it sort of gives me a boost as well to be to want to be better to, to to have better content and maybe better visuals and and just better audio or just just general a better show and a better experience for our listeners and our watchers um in in terms of the video so um it's definitely benefited me. It's definitely benefited me because I want to be a better podcaster when I see and I compare and I, and I collaborate with other podcasts. So I'm really happy that I've done that for sure. Um, you know, uh, I've I've learned so much. I've learned so much. Um, but I think the most it, it goes with the with the cliche: don't judge uh, a book by its cover, and uh, and also. 
try to listen to people that you extremely disagree with. I've had some guests on my show that I've, um, not that I regret it, but I was actually happy that I did it. Um, but just like I said, to hear their point of view. So uh, I have no regrets, uh, but that's been the most surprising in terms of how I've uh, I've changed my ways um, in terms of this. So um, guys, again, congratulations, one year anniversary. I really uh, do enjoy your content. I think it's really well done. You guys obviously care about what you do and it only helps the entire podcast community. So uh, thanks again. Agree to disagree show says congratulations to between the liars guys. Uh, we're um, I'm really proud of you guys. So congratulations again. And uh, so agree to disagree show. You could catch us on any of the podcast uh, platforms, uh, whether it be Spotify, uh, Apple, uh, Google Podcast, YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter as well. Anywhere and everywhere you could find our show. So thanks again. Congratulations, guys. Here's to another. 10 years, let's say. All right. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. All right. That was Luigi from the Agree to Disagree show. His stuff is linked in all of, well, I mean, all of the bios below, and we'll make sure that that's also available on our podcast platform. I actually was very fortunate to find Luigi. I just pretty much, let me think here. Yeah. Literally all the people that are coming up, I just, I took a shot shot my shot and I just sent him a message on Instagram most of the time and I was like hey I found you on X platform I think you've got great takes here's who we are what we do would love to have you on and these are the ones that said yes and I really really enjoyed that community that we've been able to establish on both sides of the aisle like the next group that we're going to have up is the alt left podcast <laughs> I wildly disagree with everything that they say but there is is mutual respect there and and great debates too. Like honestly, I think one of the better debates that we've had was when I had Joe Bob and then Chris from the Alt Left podcast on the same episode because there was so much disagreement, but it wasn't ad hominem attacks. It wasn't personal attacks. Uh, let's see. I think it's amazing that you're able to find these people, <laughs> especially that are on polar opposites of you and I. I mean, you know, just now I looked at Facebook and I was. Uh, attacked again so i can't <laughs> wait until we're done here so i can just not let him have it but to school him on what's going on and and, and educate him on really what the deal is. yeah Anyways, so like the left uh you know you and i are about the same when yep. it comes to our um political beliefs and i'm doing so much better uh, with like uh our friend here Luigi said, opening my mind yeah. and listening and learning on why people believe what they believe, Yes, you know, and that's huge. That is huge. No, I agree. And I think the other really nice thing is I wanted to do an episode over the truck convoy and who better than Luigi. That was actually the episode that uh, it was Marcelo and I hosted him for that one because I was like, I, I hear things, but you're basically living right outside there like i would love to hear your thoughts and he also educated us on how the political system in canada works because i could guess i could read but that's too much work I've got, come on uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> and can we believe it right and that's the other thing is you know of course anytime anyone is telling you anything there's some kind of a bias filtering their stuff of course but that's true of any news source, any commentator, any person that you're going to talk to or listen to. So 
having someone who is but, from the area who understands the stuff is about as close as I can get. Go ahead. Before we start the next one, yeah. I want to say hello to Adam Bigelow, who Ooh. is huge. He just signed on. He is huge Hi, here in Phoenix with uh, the veteran community. I mean, he helps with suicide. Uh, you know, there are 22 a day, roughly, that take their lives. Uh, veterans. Um, this man has dedicated his life to helping lower that number. Sorry, helping lower that number and to um, you know just bring up the morale of you know us veterans who at most times, a lot of times, feel alone and sad. And and you know sometimes that option, not with me anymore. Thank God, pops in head. You know, like it would be much easier to just, you know, and this man has dedicated his life mm. to saving veterans and he's a veteran himself. So. Well, I don't think you, yeah, thank you for your service. Thank you for your, your help. What is it, 22 a day that commit suicide? Um, veterans, which is a huge need. Honestly, a need that's not really addressed, um, period, with mental health, but especially with like government funding and stuff. So, really really important work and i'm glad to see that there are people who are stakeholders like adam right like you you've been in the military you understand like i mean someone like me you can get a degree you can you can try to understand these things but if you haven't lived it it's not the same so and even better real quick you know i reached out to him before hey do you have a job available you know whatever he goes look man i'm doing this on my own Mm. um and i'm thinking holy crap and Hey, bring me in. I don't need the money. I want to share my story too. I mean, I do need it, but that's not the point. And it's people (laughs) like that that are freaking amazing. So, yeah, Yeah, Adam, if you ever want to come on, let us know. Get get a hold of me through through Danny. I'd love to to have. Oh, he is brilliant. Perfect. Um, So to tweak this for you, Danny, because I'm curious, um, what inspired you to start your TikTok account? Like, how did you get involved in? I guess political commentating at large is kind of how I found you. Different platforms, but I, I want to know what inspired you to get involved. Well, uh, like this comment that I just received from Burl Farnsworth, who is a huge, huge political name here in Arizona, Republican, uh, talking about how I work with Julie Gunnigal being at, on the Democratic Party after, you know, I am a staunch Republican. And Again, like you were just saying, it takes, and Luigi, it takes listening. It takes Mm -hmm. opening your mind. Where are they coming from? And, you know, his first thing, he says, I'm talking about county attorney and how it shouldn't be a red or blue fight. It needs to be a uh, fight about saving lives. And his first comment was, seriously, a fight to save human lives, the party of abortion? Listen, when it comes to county attorney, you the attorney has to follow the letter of the law, which is written by legislation borough. I mean, come on, man. You know this. Your family is huge in the political world. And I mean, are there ways to charge under the step? Whatever. It doesn't matter. If she doesn't follow the law, AG's coming after her. People like you are going to come after her. People are like me will come after her. Because that is why we elected somebody, uh, you know, being attacked by, I'm attacked by both sides. I can't win to lose. And guess what? I don't care because what I say are my feelings and they're valid 
you know, what anybody else thinks, what I have to say. So if they don't like it, they don't have to listen. But yeah. guess what? They listen. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, so, but um, it, I wanted to spread the word, uh, A, about criminal justice reform, which is the biggest part of what I do and my my passion. You know, I've, I've fought with the criminal justice system uh, over the last, well, it's ended now, but for 386 days when they were trying to send me away for 10 to 15, uh, you know, four years after my charge. Um, so I help people online uh, with my TikTok spreading hope. Um, and that's not it. When I'm feeling down, um, I get on there and I say, listen, I'm feeling down. And the reason I do that is because I want to destigmatize mental health issues. I don't like saying issues, mental health, mental health, substance abuse, the formerly incarcerated, the less we talk about it, the more stigmatized it is and the more it's swept under the rug. But when people like me are loud and proud uh, and proof that we do recover, you know what? There's no, you can deny it all you want, but the proof is in the pudding there. Like, well, there's my Southern, dang it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so I get on there to spread hope, to spread when I'm sad, I talk about it so other people don't feel alone. Um, because I see a lot of people get online and they're just happy. They only get on when they're happy. And that's okay too. But guess what? That's not what my story is about. Yep. My story is about real life. So that's, yep. that's what helps wanted me to get on. And that's that's really what led to the live streaming portion of this is if you listen on the podcast platform, I have cut, I have edited, I have polished. There are virtually no mistakes on there. We take time to remove the breaths. Like it's just as polished as can be. If you want transparency, come watch us on the live stream. If, you know, and and that's what this episode is really about is just humanizing all of us and the and the guests that we've got coming on here one after the other. So that, I don't know, I personally am always fascinated by, you know, listen to the radio. I want to see what it's like in the booth. If I'm, if I'm watching YouTubers, I want to know what it's like in their studio. And so that, that's a little bit about what this is like is a bit of more of a behind the scenes glimpse. For me, this question, uh, what inspired you to start your podcast? I did debate for four years. I've now coached for going on seven I love discourse, and I think that any time you listen to a podcast, it seemed to me like you predominantly have two options. You can have the left, you can have the right, and you just kind of dig yourself down into that echo chamber, which it's it's fine to fortify your belief system, but I wanted to create a hub for discourse in which you have people from various points on the spectrum that will come and disagree with one another, and that was... That is what I want our niche to be here is you can have people who disagree with me and people who disagree with Josh come to the same spot. And then, you know, maybe I'll say some things that challenge them or Josh will say things that challenge the people who agree with me and you. Right. Like that. That is what I wanted, because when you get into this echo chamber, that's the thing I can't respect is when people just dig down into a belief system for the sake of the belief system. Not because they can back it up, but just because, you know, we've talked about voting party lines, just, you know, my, my parents voted Republican or my parents voted Democrat, so I vote Republican or Democrat. Like, that's not critical thinking. And that was what I wanted to do with this podcast was to challenge people to think 
And then that's actually going to lead. I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll just throw this announcement out there. Coming into election cycle, one of the things Between the Liars is going to be doing is an analysis of the different candidates as they run for office. I won't have time to do everyone who's on the seat for Senate, but especially as we get into some of the more major elections, I would like to have us dig down into what do these people stand for. We, we I, I'm going to try to reach out to some of my connections who are on the ground, especially for some of these uh, more obscure. Maybe they're running against an incumbent, and I'd like to get that platform out there so that, you know, when you go and you vote in these areas, you at least know what you're getting. I'm not going to say you should vote for this person or that person. I just want to get the information out there because what I'm tired of is this political BS where someone says, you know what, I'm going to do this, and then they get there and then they don't. Like, I want us to start looking into what's your track record as a voter. If you have been a public servant, what have you actually been doing? What have you not been doing? And that's one of the things that we want to start doing is maybe a little bit more on the ground, boots on the ground, digging into this stuff. But that, that was the main inspiration for the podcast here. I love having these discussions. As much as I hate hearing my voice, <laughs> I've had to listen to it so many times now as I edit that I get a little bit desensitized. Um, you know what? You've got a great voice. Well, thank and you. <laughs> my, fam- my family adores you. Oh, um, well, thank you. You know, they're like, he's such a good guy, you know? Where's he from? What does he do? I'm like, he's a podcast guy. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, man. But I, I just, it's faster for me to talk than it is to write. And, you know, that's, <laughs> that. Uh, this has been my outlet. I actually, I almost tried to go full-time radio broadcasting but it's so hard to get into it's even harder to actually make a living wage off of and i was like i did not get my masters to go make 725 an hour as much as i love that work and i respect djs i was like they don't pay a newbie like i would be enough that i could make a decent living which is unfortunate but but here we are (laughs) look look at look at john jay look at john jay from john jay and rich i mean i don't know if you know who that is but here in phoenix he is top dog and that man makes six figures now. Like yeah. after years of, I mean, he, it's, I mean, you're willing to make 725 for five, seven years. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of the paradox is like, you almost have to let everything else go and fully commit yourself or else you'll never make it. Yeah. But there's also people. Thanks for Exactly. And, uh, you, you've also got people though, who, who just don't, who do do that, but then they also still don't make it. So it's kind of, you kind of got to, you got to pick. Russian roulette, my dear. Yes. Russian roulette. This kind of leads us to uh, what is the biggest lesson you've learned since you started? We're going to continue to hear the different lessons. And Danny, I want to hear yours. I'll say that my biggest lesson has been not to watch the numbers. Because <laughs> I see all the analytics. I see how many people. Uh, it's like, all right, you got two people who listen to this one. I'm like, I spent an hour recording that. And, you know, let's say an hour and a half, two hours editing, all that work, two people. But then the way that I've learned to think about it is that's still two people who care enough to come back to every episode. And when I started looking at it that way, that's meant a lot. Um, it's meant a lot more to me, even though, you know, every person who does something like this, their dream is probably, I want to have a million followers, right? I want to have thousands of views. You overlook the people who are there for you, who consistently come back, who engage with you. And I've really learned to appreciate the people who come to every single live stream and who come and listen to every single episode. It means a lot. So thank you to those who do that. Yeah, of course. What about you, Danny? Biggest lesson? Um, for, for- for me, I would say the biggest lesson regarding my show and what I've learned, like TikTok-wise or on here or both. Is that what you're talking about? Anything you want to. 
So I, I would say I would like to make that a little bit more broad. Sure. Uh, my biggest lesson that I have learned regarding being so open publicly and um, in politics is to allow my skin to get a little bit thicker. Mm. Um, you know, I, I've done a lot of growth over the last two years. Um, and when I say a lot, I mean a lot. I, uh, I used to seek validation constantly. And, you know, I didn't know who the heck I was, man. Like I would mesh into whomever I was dating at that time. I would bounce from relationships because I couldn't be alone. Um, so like this last two years, I've been single, no dating, no nothing. And I think that the biggest lesson I have learned is that I don't need validation from anybody. Um, because again, I said it earlier, what I'm saying are my feelings and those feelings are true because they're mine. Whether you agree with what my feelings are or not, it doesn't matter. They're mine. And that's how I have to look at it in order to not get sad or down or, you know, which it could, it could happen if I started to get in my head, like, wow. And was Burl Farnsworth really right? Like, no, he's not because, well, A, he's just not anyway. But um, <laughs> uh, it's just I, we don't need validation from others because our feelings are our feelings and they are truthful to us. So that is my biggest lesson is to stop seeking uh, validation and acceptance from others. I mean, I even let my mother go the other day, like, you're hurting me. I don't need you around right now. Bye. Yeah. And that's so, setting, like, setting those boundaries is really hard too. Or even, uh, even just reframing the way that you accept the way that people criticize you. Like I said, like our most watched and engaged episodes are the most contentious. And I, being the person who ironically likes to avoid conflict, uh, like I, I like avoiding relational conflict. When it comes to like discourse conflict, that doesn't bother me when I don't have anything like emotionally or personally invested. But it, it's I, I tend to avoid those more contentious episodes because or topics rather because I don't want to step on people's toes. And yet, you know, those are things that people care about. It was like literally when I say overnight, I mean, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I was still kind of tiptoeing around things. But when that job offer came and was rescinded, I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I am not okay with this. I will get back to you. Yeah. I mean, I'm nobody, but I made sure to let them know I was okay. And so that was like the beginning of who knows what. Because yeah. look out, world. You ain't telling me no if I want something. Yeah. Well, that I think just kind of this idea of thicker skin is a good segue into our next guest, which is the Alt Left Podcast, which I found uh, in a Facebook group of all places we were mutual people in a just basically like a podcast community you know people can ask questions and the question that i believe they posed was something along the lines of is there anyone out there who is more conservative leaning who is willing to have a good faith debate because we can't find them the only conservatives we find are more of the alt-right people who call us a bunch of commie swine who won't engage us on the actual merits of our arguments and i was like well, here I am. Uh, it's like I, and so I just messaged them, and I, I messaged their account. And I was like, 
I, if you're interested, pick your topic. I said, these are my seven areas that I'm at least fairly proficient in, and I would love to have a conversation with you about those. Let me know if you're interested. And they got back to me. And uh, so I was on their their episode first. I went on their show, and then we had them on with the voter reform. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pull them up, and we'll play them. Answers from the Alt Left podcast, the best podcast on the left side of everything important. Uh, uh, sorry to do one. this to you, but you may want to do that because you started before K hit hit uh, record. Good. You know what? That, that's a real good display of how good we are. Man, <laughs> just just coming in, sliding in sideways, half ass. I love it. Fuck it, we're doing. Don't it worry, I'm gonna All edit right. the shit out of this. Oh fuck yeah! So, question one is: What inspired you to start your podcast, Matt? It's pretty much your story. Uh, it's true. I mean, I mean, we've talked about it before, but Matt yes. tells us. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, well, I mean, we've been friends for a while, and and the three of us specifically in our fairly large friend group. Um, have always really enjoyed politics debate. I mean, not just politics. We talk about all kinds of nerd stuff as many people on our show have seen, but like we've always just tend to just really get into it more than anybody else. And we would notice that whenever we'd have these get togethers and sure enough, Chris or I would start arguing about something or, you know, Kay that's usually came in with a religion. Uh, that's where Kay and I would team up against Chris. Um, but it would always tend to it would it would just be us on our own but eventually we would start seeing groups of everybody even people we didn't know that had shown up kind of following along and it, it hit me around the time of the pandemic even before that i think i mentioned this that we should do a podcast because so many people seem to jive with what we're saying even the ones that disagree with us and so i pushed it and pushed it and pushed it and everyone was like i don't know i don't know i don't know and i don't know and then the pandemic hit and Chris was like, hey, maybe we should do a podcast. Uh, and so we we basically said, okay, let's give it a shot. We we did some research, looked into it, and we realized like the mics re- really weren't that expensive and all, a lot of the software was free. And so we decided to give it a go. And that 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 was it. Uh, number two is what is the biggest lesson you've learned since you started? Anything from maybe a change in your beliefs, a podcast obstacle you've overcome, advice to pass to our audience? Uh, I would say... If this is even advice is in like running a podcast is again, no sacred cows. We started off, man. If you listen to episode 69, nice, uh, versus episode one, it is night and f-ing day. We it had a rough. hard format. Uh, we didn't know what we were doing and we found our way along and don't be afraid of that. Don't, don't think like this is the formula and we're going to fucking work it. Like, no, just do it. Do it works for you. If your audience reacts to something they like, do that instead. Like just go with it because at the end of the day, people respond to genuineness and they respond to your real interactions, not you trying to focus and shoehorn yourself into something that nobody wants. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Uh, question three, what's the biggest challenge you faced as a political commentator? Uh, my biggest challenge as a political commentator has been to not go off the rails. Yeah, we all kind of have our soapbox moments in this podcast. There's our issues that we have kind of our pet issues that we're really passionate about. And it's easy to get ranty and go off and forget, hey, we got to kind of keep things tight because people don't necessarily want to always hear us just get on our soapbox and rant. I don't know. Maybe they do. But I think uh, that that's absolutely a struggle for me as well. Uh, so question number four, you said yes when we asked you to collaborate. What made you say yes? What was your favorite part of crossing over with us? 
uh, I would say is we have actually had a hard time getting people from the right on because obviously we're a very skewed left podcast. This is not a someone from the left and someone from the right. It's not one of those. It's everyone's on one side of the boat. Um, and so it's a little hard to get someone to Shanghai in here. And and Between the Liars was super down for it. Ryan was the first guy who was like, yeah, I'll jump into the fucking shark tank and do it. Um, and he was great. And we couldn't have disagreed on stuff more. But it didn't matter because we were both coming to it as we disagree and we'll have a civil conversation. It'll be based on fact and no one will scream. And it was good. It was a good conversation. And I think uh, it doesn't necessarily solve the world's problems. Uh, but every once in a while, it's good good to keep an ear open to someone who disagrees with you. Especially in the podcast world, I think it's, it's when you're de- – at least our experience has been one of two things when we're dealing with anybody that says they're right. One is you get somebody that's really not right. They're this weird milquetoast centrist like the cop that we had on where it's like they claim to be right, but when we bring up our points, they're just like, well, it's kind of hard to argue with that or you got a good point there and then they just kind of move on. That's one end of the spectrum. And then the other end is just people that are just like, fuck you, you goddamn liberal. You can't take my freedoms. And so it was really refreshing to finally get someone that seemed to not be that and then actually followed through with not being either of those things. Which I would actually say is probably what Ryan would say about us. Yeah, probably. Because <laughs> that tends to be how humans roll. How has collaborating with other podcasters benefited you or been a positive experience? I got to tell you that like nothing has been a more positive experience than collaborating. We've had super weak sauce guests on. Uh, we've had terrific guests on. We've been on terrific podcasts. We, I love it personally. I love yeah. being a guest on podcasts. I love having guests on. It, it freshens it up. You know, it gets a little incestuous when the three of us are just sitting here in our little echo chamber. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's nice having a perspective I'm not used to, even if it's someone who agrees with us, like even if it's another leftist, we're just adding to the echo. It's a new perspective. Like I can say something and I will have a pretty good chance of guessing what Matt and Kay will think about it. Yeah. And there's somebody new on who yeah. knows it's an unknown and it's refreshing and it's great. So I think collaborations are awesome. And uh, even if it's the same people, I don't care. I love collaborating. Question number six, what was a lesson good or bad or surprising thing that you learned? I think the most surprising thing I learned was how many podcasters have shitty mics. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it <always> surprised me. <laughs> the the audio quality of most podcasts that are low level is absolutely atrocious. And we are not fancy pants. At all, by any means. I have gotten audio from from some of the interviews that, that Chris or Matt have done f- back from them. And it's just maddening to listen to it because there's all kinds of just noise and trash everywhere. We are bitches on a budget. Like we podcast through <laughs> Zencaster, which is free. We pay a couple bucks for storage. We're on $50 mics. Like we are not chilling in sound studios with expensive equipment. We're all sitting at fucking home with a cheap mic. And somehow yeah. it doesn't sound like absolute shit. I mean, possibly that's because of the wizardry of Dr. K. <laughs> I, I am not that much of a wizard. I can't tell you how many podcasters literally podcast off earbuds from 20 years ago. Yeah, it, it's insane. Um, my only thing that I would say is uh, record that first episode because, I mean, guys – it took, us, away. It, it took us three months just to like, we had the equipment and it still took three months of talking just to get our first episode laid down. Once we got oh, yeah. that, everything was downhill from that point on. Get, getting that first episode of the can is critical. 
Yeah. And and do it regularly. If you're just like, we'll do one and then we'll do another one one day. And it's like, no, nah, you really got to do it weekly or biweekly or once a month. But just get whatever schedule your schedule going. is, whatever it is, you've got to do it on some sort of schedule and keep it. Otherwise, you just won't do it. Yeah, it's true. Say something nice about us. Uh, Ryan, uh, you have delightfully minty fresh breath. Uh, your hair is amazing. Uh, you have a terrific voice. Your sound quality and your microphone equipment are outstanding. Uh, and I appreciate that you actually do research into knowing what you're talking about. Um, I have now once been a guest on Between the Liars, and we've had Between the Liars on our show. Uh, and every single time, it has never been a sitting around with a thumb up our ass. Like everyone knew what they were doing. Uh, Ryan's got a plan. Uh, it's a well-produced and well-made and research show. And uh, that's a rarity in the podcasting world. Agreed. Agreed. I would say, you know, just to piggyback off of that, I think one of the best situations when you disagree with someone is when you can respectfully disagree and come away understanding why they have the views that they do. I think most people are bad at articulating that. And with Ryan, I still disagree with a lot of what he said. But I now have a better understanding of how he came to believe what he believes. I have no problem engaging with him further because I think that can be. I think those kinds of conversations can be productive. And I think, in my experience, at least, I think Chris is the same. I think when left and right meet, that is not normally the case. And I'd like to make another case about right as well. And I think that Ryan would probably make a similar one for leftists. But like Ryan is not. When we say he's right, he's he's right wing. He's a conservative libertarian. He's not a Nazi. Ryan doesn't advocate for white supremacy. Ryan doesn't advocate for anti-Semitism. Ryan doesn't advocate for racism or lynching or murder or segregation or any of that. And so that's the thing is like before anybody goes, oh, you're just hugging it out with that. It's like, no, it's not. That's not what it is at all, because agreeing to disagree is OK when it's about pizza toppings and tax priorities. And that's where we disagree. We're on the same page about the Holocaust. And that's what matters. And so if one person isn't trying to destroy human rights and advocate for horrors upon humanity, you can disagree all you want. It's good to have conversations with people like that. Find people who challenge your worldview. It's the only way you grow. Yep. All right. I think there's one. Oh, and the last one was plug our own show. Uh, we yep. are the Outlet Podcast. We are outstanding. I have had us <laughs> multiple times. It is delicious and nutritious and refreshing every single time. If you join our podcast right now and subscribe to it, it does come with free quantum massages. Don't know what that is? Listen to the show. It's great. It's almost like faith healing, but even more ridiculous. So join us. We talk a lot about that um, and occasionally politics. So you can find our podcast on any platform, Audible, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Also, interact with us on Twitter. It's at the Alt-Left Pod. Also, you can email us at the Alt-Left Podcast at gmail.com. And if you go to our Twitter, at the Alt-Left Pod, there's a link tree there, and it's got links to everything. Yeah, listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. I got to say real quick, you know, they said um, faith healing – uh, and all that, you know, they better include Tim McGraw because he's going to be mad. <laughs> but uh, uh, I'll be here all week. Anyway. I, uh, 
I particularly appreciate what they said about just record that first episode. Uh, those who didn't listen to us before we went on our podcast platform, we uh, NDSU has a radio station that students run and students get to broadcast on. And as a PhD student, I was allowed to run stuff on there. So I was like, hey, we'll do a political show. You just run a disclaimer beforehand. And then I was running our recorded segments on there just as our podcast. And the first episode was terrible. It was so bad. And like, even as I go back to, we re-recorded our first episode, just kind of like, here's who we are. Here's what we do. And then here's what you can expect. Like that, that if you go back to episode one on Spotify, that's what that is. And that was round two of that. And that was probably about two months apart, honestly, uh, because we started actually recording in like February of 2021, just trying to catch our rhythm. And then we finally started publishing on Spotify in June. So we had that much time to try and just get back in a rhythm. Like I, I hadn't talked to Marcelo or Josh consistently or hardly at all. In a couple of years, like we, we catch up, we're, you know, you, you, they're the friends where I could message and be like, hey, saw you had this great life event, congrats, pick up, no problem. But we weren't consistently hanging out. And you need time to get in a rhythm, um, especially if you go back and listen to mine and Josh's disagreements. They were more tense to begin with, even than they are now. Like now, you know, we've learned to joke and we've become better, more, in, I, I think, anyway, in my opinion, more entertaining to watch with the discourse versus to begin with. It was just very tense. There was a reason we didn't live stream. <laughs> so record that first episode. If, if you're thinking about doing a podcast, get it out of the way. Even record it and never let it see the light of day. They said burn it 100%. That's what we did. <laughs> but yeah, that was that 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 was good advice. <laughs> Re record, I'm sure for me, recording that first video, mine obviously is TikTok. Um, and mine is Navy Doc 1981. Uh, Ghost Blue, please message me on there. I would love to answer that question and maybe possibly figure out where you're from, what's going on. We're honored that you're here. And maybe, you know, not maybe, but we want to know where you're from. So maybe yep. we can talk about, you know, what's going on there. Uh, absolutely, we want to know. Yeah. It's not about only us. No. So, yes. I, I will say just to kind of address this, if, if you give us – more information about what's going on. I focus on U.S. politics because that's what I know. That's what's prevalent. And so it's easy for me to really dig in and criticize. I would love to take more of a global perspective. And when we have global interactions, that's when I'll expand a little bit. But no, I would... Honestly, that's probably a fair criticism of the show is that we focus pretty exclusively on U.S. politics. I think part of that reason is I want to dig down in a niche that we know. It's also where we're comfortable. I'm also completely open to expand. So, yeah, if you uh, – let's see, Ghost Floof, I think, is the, the name of this, this, this user's tag. Uh, message us on Instagram. You'll get me. Um, and I would love to chat with you more about stuff. So I'd be happy to expand our stuff. I keep saying – tag us in things or just like send us information, especially with like the bill me segments. I want to know what you guys are interested in. Like if there's like, Ooh, here's a bill I want to know more about. Would you cover it? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, don't apologize. That's fine. If you don't have an Instagram, yeah, just, uh, uh, do you have, if you have TikTok, I'm Navy doc, N A B Y D O C 1981. Yep. Uh, I I reply all the time. Yep. So. Or just keep commenting in this chat and send us stuff, and we'll monitor that the best we can. Um, Regardless, we're glad you're here. Yes. So. Thank you for for following. I. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> everyone starts at some. He says a little bit sheltered. Uh, everyone starts at some point. 
uh, nine years ago when I started this, I knew nothing. I had my debate coach spoon feeding me cases and I knew nothing. And now I know how to actually expand a little bit more. So you give it time. You continue to listen. Uh, Kevin says, where's the long bearded fellow? Uh, Josh is at a wedding. Uh, that's why he's not here. So, uh, Kevin, you should get after your roommate there. <laughs> it's not a me thing. Uh, <laughs> let's see. We did. Uh, let's 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 go back, Danny. I want to ask you this question here. What's we we didn't cover this one yet, did we? What's the biggest challenge you faced? Do we do we cover that one for you? No. I don't know, but what if not? I would just like to reiterate uh, the biggest challenge I face as a political comment commentator is the attacks that I get from both right and left. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like I can't win for losing and I don't care because again, what I have to say is truthful to me mm. and it's valid. Um, and it's, it's mine yeah. and you can't take that away. So that is the biggest uh, challenge that I face, but you know what, just like the, the left alt left guy said, uh, being able to listen and, you know, to understand and even though there's not a ch maybe not a change automatically, that seed is planted. Just like for me now working for a Democratic campaign, uh, I would have never have done that a year and a half ago yeah. at all. I didn't care, you know, but when it affected me, which is selfish personally, mm. well, let's say this happened September 11, 2019 however long that was. Um, but that's when I was like, wait a second. These Republican, excuse me, old white people that are in Maricopa <laughs> County attorney's office. They, I mean, I don't care if they were old and white, but it doesn't need to be red or blue. Yep. We need to fix this. And yep. somebody like me who is publicly here in Arizona, known as a staunch Republican, switching sides for county attorney and explaining why you know what here's the thing we are your neighbors we're your friends and we're your family we have you know somebody that has been affected by the criminal justice system criminal justice system if you can even call the this disaster a criminal justice system mm -hmm. because that's what it is so you have been touched by it one way or another and it's got to change. And that is why, like, I continue to share what I share, even though I'm attacked by people like Farnsworth, who, of whom I don't really care. Because, again, he's an old white man that doesn't understand. <laughs> and I mean that with all due respect. Yeah, is there respect to there? I don't know. <laughs> we, honestly, okay, so, you, should start, mean, you should start compiling these hate comments. We can do a whole series about you debunking them. I didn't mean that as a hate comment. No, no, no. I meant like older white gentlemen. <laughs> no, no, no. What I meant older was white man. When you receive hate comments, you should start compiling them, and then we can start a series of you responding to them. That's <laughs> just, oh, I've got tons. Yeah, there, there. That, that'll be, be never-ending content right there. Uh, <laughs> I think for me, the biggest challenge has I I haven't received that many hate comments. I'm sure as our audience expands, that will only come. Um, I would say just timing and scheduling and trying to like the premise of this show is four people ideally with different ideological perspectives come together and coordinating four people as we get more busy throughout the year can just really be like herding cats. And that just becomes probably the hardest challenge 
for me is trying to coordinate our schedules. No fault of anybody's on this show. I know I took a dig at Josh earlier <laughs> for being absent, but like you, you've got, I mean, even what was it last week? We, we didn't do a live stream last week because I was busy. Like there's, there's something that comes up. Um, a lot for at least one of us, if not more. And when there's three of us where something comes up, that's where we have no live stream. So if there's no live stream, now you know why. It's because there were three of us and uh, just the one man show doesn't really doesn't really work. I saw Ken in the comments. So this will be a nice little segue uh, for Ken from Taboo Topic. But uh, Ken was actually the first person I collaborated with. And oh, before I get to that, I did want to mention <laughs> the the mess up at the intro of the Alt Left podcast. I left that in there because I think that really demonstrated how fun they are. Like just like that was a behind the scenes glimpse of like when I went and I recorded with them, that's what they were like all the time. And you 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 see that edited out. And I was like, I could edit that out and polish that. And I was like, no. People need to see the human side of us and they need to see how fun we can be. I have never disagreed with people more than when I was on their show or when I've had them on mine. And yet I've also never had as much fun as, you know, I have with these, especially these four that have responded and we've maintained that both friendship and professional working relationship where we're, we're willing to collaborate with each other. So that was why I left that in there. Wasn't taking a dig at him. But with Ken, Ken was actually the first person that I reached out to just randomly messaged on Facebook and I was like, hey, you do podcasts. You're kind of new. Uh, and I'm also very new. Uh, Ken's one-year anniversary is actually at the end of this month. So he's actually newer than we are. And I was like, I would love to do a crossover with you if you'd like. And I think we've collaborated probably five or six times at this point. And we're going to continue doing that. So let's go ahead and hear from Ken Drew from Taboo Topic. What's up, guys? This is Ken Drew from Taboo Topic. And I am doing this for Ryan Between the Liars' one-year anniversary. I was asked to answer some questions that Ryan sent out for all the guests that have collabed with him. So here I am offering the return. So offering or returning the favor, something along those lines, right? So uh, let's go ahead and answer some questions, shall we? So the first question I have here is what inspired me to start this podcast well, in order for me, in order for people to understand how I started the podcast, we have to go back even further. Uh, I actually started off writing Taboo Topic started off as a Substack newsletter, and I started doing that as a result of what happened January 6th. Uh, about a couple of weeks later, I started the newsletter Taboo Topic, and I named it Taboo Topic because I felt as though a lot of the sentiments and opinions that I had about what transpired January 6th was taboo, and taboo in the sense that these were deplorable opinions that the elite class would deem, you know, as such. And so, you know, I, they, spun, they spun it to where it was an insurrection or a riot. But if you would have asked the American, average American, uh, definitely would have not called it an insurrection. And at least from my circle, we definitely would have not called it a riot. So I went ahead a couple of weeks later and started my own uh, sub stack. And then I was, I was going ham on that. I went like three to four articles a week and I got burnt out by the time the summer came around. And so out of, you know, just for the giggles, just for the LOLs, I decided to go ahead and start a podcast uh, because I felt as though it was a lot easier to just vocalize my opinions rather than uh, write it out. But 
I ended up enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would, and I just kept up with it. And, I mean, and I guess this kind of follows into the second question, which is what lessons have I learned since then? And I think one of the main things that I've learned is the prep work that's involved doing this and the work after the recording. If it was just the recording all by itself, I would be totally fine, and I probably wouldn't be burnt out or feel burned out sometimes. But, um, I mean... It's worth it's worth it though when you see the final product and it's I guess for me the biggest lesson that I've learned for throughout this whole process if you're thinking about starting a podcast just grind it out and find a routine when you find a routine stick with it because if you don't have a routine you'll find you'll find yourself burnt out a lot easier that was one of the lessons I had to learn and once I found that routine as far as like this is the theme of the show like this is the direction I want to take this show in it was a lot easier for me to keep up with it. And that's why I've managed to actually, <laughs> it'll be my one year mark soon, about three or two weeks later after Ryan's uh, Between the Liars show uh, anniversary. So uh, congratulations, by the way, for your one year anniversary mark. Um, but that's one of the main lessons I've learned. And also, I mean, kind of leads to the next question as far as the big, one of the challenges I've had to overcome as a political commentator, I guess is the suppression, the shadow banning to an extent. Um, being a conservative or having a conservative opinion in the in this world as far as you know using the platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, though I'm not sure the direction Twitter is going right now. Hopefully it's a better direction with Elon Musk under the helm. But um, when it comes to social media platforms such as Twitter or excuse me, uh, Facebook, Instagram even, even TikTok, I eventually got on TikTok thanks to uh, Ryan. He inspired me to get a TikTok. But uh, really, when you have a more center right or even a center left opinion, anything that's not go that goes against the far left extreme, it becomes a lot harder to advertise and market your product, market your content. So it's really one of the biggest challenges, I think, as a political commentator. Um, it's a little bit hard too to ignore some of the comments that some people make every now and then, especially more or less. Um, when it comes to my writing, some people have commented on my writing, and uh, it would it, the criticism really wasn't so much about uh, my writing as far as like, wow, you know, he's a terrible writer, but it's more or less uh, criticizing my opinion and my opinion in particular. It's, I mean, they don't really argue based on the substance of my opinion; they just see my opinion and then they call me a bunch of names that have absolutely no relevance to the work I put out. So that's really one of the main issues. People like to say uh, have, you have to have thick skin, kind of go pivot back to that other question. You really have to have thick skin in this game. And so that's been, I guess, one of the challenges as a political commentator as well. Um, but uh, it's worth it, though, because you know, where there's critics, there's also um, support and encouragement. And that's one thing, I guess, I have also learned in this process. And then one of the challenges as well is to socialize and network because I'm an introvert. And so it's not in my nature to actually go ahead and reach out to people and try to collab and network that goes against my nature. And so it's been cool to see my own growth in that sense, like the willingness to reach out and initiate something, which actually kind of leads into the next question as far as why did I say yes to, uh, collabing with Ryan. So, I mean, frankly, the main reason why I said yes when he first reached out and asked me, 
I was genuinely humbled by the fact that he reached out because I I always kind of struggled, I guess, feeling seen. And when he reached out, I felt seen. And I felt like someone actually saw value of my work worth investing into to have such a collaboration. So it was kind of an easy yes. And, I kept, and ever since then, I mean, I keep collabing with uh, people, Ryan from Between the Liars, and I have him come on my show as well because, I mean, he's a good dude. So <laughs> it's pretty easy when it's pretty easy to collab with someone when you can get along with that person. So uh, that's one of the main reasons why I went ahead and said yes to collabor- collaborate with him. Um, which, how has collaborating with other podcasters benefited you or been a positive experience? Well, I kind of hit it already where. Um, you get to meet new people. That's really one of the benefits. And weirdly enough, all the new friends I've made since I moved back to Florida have all been online from the podcast community. And it's a neat, unique community um, where, I mean, we're all just trying to help each other out. And I mean, there's so many podcasts out there as well that you're competing against, which that will just pivot back a little bit too, as far as like one of the lessons I've learned as well is trying not to go in with the intention of trying to be i don't want to say be someone because it's okay to want to be someone but i think when you go in there with the expectation that you're gonna get joe joe rogan's numbers you can be easily discouraged so uh that's one of the things i've learned as well and one of the things i've benefited from collaborating is like it's helped my channel grow my show grow and i've helped other channels grow as well which i mean it's honestly pretty fun to collab with other people anyway. And so it kind of helps my mental health to interact with people anyway. Um, what else? I mean, as far as the lesson or surprising thing that I've learned about this whole process, I mean, I've kind of touched it on already as far as the prep work involved and the editing portion, like post recording. Um, it's really one of those situations where I never thought how much work because I never worked in media before my friend one of my best friends worked in media and he's actually teaching media in our at our old high school which I have a newfound respect for what he does now just because now I understand at least partially because I just do a radio style for now eventually hopefully I'll start a live version or a camera version where you can see my face while I do the recording or while I do the podcast but um, the amount of prep work that that's probably been the biggest surprise for me is doing the prep work and also uh, the amount of support I get is also support. I didn't really anticipate the amount of support I would get doing this, especially from my best friend who's a socialist. He's a very left leaning socialist, but he's the one who's giving me ideas how to increase my show and, you know, some design ideas and really you don't really expect that in today's society, at least the media, that's how they spin it to where like the left and the right can't get along. And, you know, people are losing friendships and family members. I was, I have been blessed in that sense that I have family and friends who, despite our differences, political differences, we still have a good connection. We still have good relationships. So uh, that's one positive experience. And one thing that's been surprising in a good way. And I kind of touched on this last one as well, as far as, one of the reasons why uh, I keep collabing with Ryan and the Between the Lives because he's a good dude. I mean, they run a good show, and I enjoy um, being in their presence, and I enjoy having them on my show. So 
Uh, that's pretty much it, guys. If you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Getter, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Truth Social, just by typing in Kenjin underscore Express. You can also follow me on Twitter, typing in Kenjin Express, no underscore, just Kenjin Express. And literally just type in engine, spell the word, uh, spell the word engine with the letter K in front of the word engine. Then you get Kenjin, one word, uh, express. And then you can also follow me on my Substack newsletters because I still am doing that. I do this two episodes a week or one, one week, um, excuse me, one episode on Wednesday. I do a hot seat where I pick one subject, story, opinion, and I literally it's in the name in itself. I put it on the hot seat. And that's actually based on what I write on my newsletter. So, if you want to check that out, it's kenjin296.substack.com. And also, if you want to listen to the other episode, the other edition on Fridays, where I do a weekend review or pick three to four current event stories. Um, actually, if I have a guest, we'll, they'll also pick two to four current event stories. And then we'll react. We basically react to the current events and we just try to digest what's, what the heck's going on in our country and the world around us. And then also, I started a new special. If you want to check it out, I'm doing a monthly special now where we're doing a voter's eye edition where politics is kind of like the back burner of everyone's thoughts when we go live and record. And it's kind of more like an interview format. We just kind of come, come through through a voter's, like a citizen, concerned citizen's perspective, consumer perspective. Politics may, may get brought up, but it's because of our bias, but that's not the main intention. We're just trying to take the politics out and we're just trying to talk to us like, you know, like Ryan and Ken. It's not political Ryan and political Ken talking. It's just, you know, two dudes talking kind of deal. So if you want to look into that as well, it's once a month. I just started, I did a interview with a Canadian uh, journalist last month and I did another interview with someone who does his own podcast called the conservative podcast. So that's another plugin right there for my other friend, but um, we talked about the situation with the Star Wars franchise and the association with Disney and how that's going to affect us as consumers. So if you want to check that out as well, by all means, do that. And with all that said, folks, uh, Ryan, congratulations on your one-year anniversary and until next time. So Ken has actually been a, a huge part of inspiration for me. Uh, his different segments is actually what encouraged me to branch out beyond just the debate portion that we have going on here. I really, just to kind of stay true to the nature of our show, if we weren't going to do the debates, I didn't want it to become overwhelmed with like a bias. And so that's where I came up with the idea for the Bill Me segments, where of course I do give some interjection towards the end. But the majority of that is just let's objectively look at what's going on here and then let's talk about how it's being presented to the media and then let's talk about surrounding events. So towards the end of that explanation, you're going to get some of my some of my personal biases, which I actually link all of those sources when I talk about those. I'm like, hey, this event happened. Here's the source for it. And so just having different things to have different appeals to our audiences was an inspiration I drew from Ken starting an Instagram inspired by Ken. He was like, hey, do you have Instagram? And I was like, nope, never thought about it. And then here we are, more followers on Instagram than our Facebook page. So, <laughs> uh, And then I got him on TikTok. So yeah, I, I think that one of the big takeaways and the resounding themes through each of these cameos for me has been how inspiring the podcast community is. Or just political commentary. I mean, Danny, just to expand it, just political commentary in general. Like, I think that it's very refreshing when I'm like, 
I, I feel when I'm by myself, what am I doing wrong? Why can't I get traction? You know, or if you're receiving hate, like, is it just me? Am I, do I actually suck? Right. But like when you have these other people, regardless of the side of the aisle, we have a common goal is to get our podcast out. There's to have these discussions like alt left podcast, Ken, two completely different sides of the aisle, same goal, have those discussions. And they're interested in that discourse. If you look at what people post online though, you, you wouldn't think that. No. So what really interests me, uh, what Ken had to say was how he's an introvert and this makes him feel validated, yeah. you know, and that is huge. Mm. So when I started uh, my TikTok, I barely started at Christmas. You know, I've got almost 10,000 followers. I don't know if that's good or bad, it's but, good. Um, <laughs> you know, like I just get on there and I just talk the truth yep. and, um, I get a lot of hate mail or hate mail, hate comments, but I also get like last night, I get a message from someone that says, I really feel like it would be better if I just went with our heavenly father tonight. You know, when I said I want to destigmatize mental health and I talk about when I'm feeling down and I talk about when I'm not okay, because if you don't talk about it, it gets stuck here and it's just a continuum of a, just a sick cycle. So I make sure and I put out there when I'm not okay for that reason. And we have, you just messaged me just now. So that's why I've been looking at my phone because that comes first. And I don't care if I only help one person, I will continue what I'm doing because guess what? That man is alive today. I don't know what he would have done. I don't know, but guess what? I reached, he felt comfortable and safe to talk to me. And that right there, it's fucking important. And excuse my language, I'm sure that'll be beat out. I don't care, but it is. And uh, we we saved a life. You know, I, I mean, him reaching out to me is huge. And I'm so grateful that I have the thick skin now. And when I don't, I talk about it, about my feelings being hurt, because I do have feelings and they do get hurt. Uh, but I get over it and I continue to do what I do for this reason. So, I think it's uh, Ken... I can't wait to be on his show uh, if he's still willing to have me, you know, so that's, I'm very excited. Yeah. I think it takes a special type of resilience to be able to bear the emotional weight of not only your own issues, but also the other people. Like, I mean, I think that's huge, Danny, that you are willing to do that because that, that takes an emotional toll, right? Especially the heavier the issues that you deal with, like political aside, like that, that's, that's one side of heavy, but like suicide, like the, the more heavy issues like that, that takes a deeper toll. And so it's very nice. To Truthfully. Good. Th thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. But I want to tell you something. Whenever, let's say, uh, let's just hypothetically, I want to use or hypothetically, I want to kill myself or I want to do something that's not healthy for me. Mm. The longer that I keep that in, the harder it is to not do it. Mm. But the second, and I give this credit to Donna Alexander from Crossroads because she taught me this and I will never forget. The minute you say it, it takes some of the strength away from it. Because guess what? You're not the only one that knows about it now. You're not the only person who knows that you're suicidal or you wanna use. And those people hold you accountable. So it takes a lot of that away. And people don't realize that. Talk about it because it takes some of that, a lot of that power away. And that is huge also. 
We got to talk about stuff. We got to realize that there's more ways than one to become sober. Uh, I don't care if you, it doesn't matter. We'll get into that later. There's more way, more than one way to skin a cat. And you just got to look and figure it out and um, forget about the world around us saying our way is the best. Our way is the best. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Guess what? Whatever works for you. And as long as you're doing a productive life and you're being a part of community and your, your family, whatever, who cares what anybody else thinks as long as it's legal, healthy, and good. <laughs> Legal and healthy, two important stipulations there. <laughs> I got to know that 100%. <laughs> so I want to ask you this question now, Danny. You said yes when I asked you to collaborate. And you you did ask me like, you know, like, hey, like, what what makes you ask me to come on? But I'm I'm curious, why did you say yes? What 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 was intriguing about our show? Honestly, um I have a lot I have a story I want to share. Now, does the story affect everybody? Probably not. But does it affect a lot? And can it touch a lot of people regarding either even if it's family of a person, of somebody that struggles with addiction or incarceration or homosexuality or you name it, abuse, whatever. My story of redemption from turning beauty from ashes, mm. hope. Uh, you know, there is hope. No matter where you are, you know, I was in the deepest, darkest pits of my own hell in 2015, and I wanted to die, but for some reason, well, not some reason, I have an amazing grandmother, aunt, dad, who continually told me, you're better than this, you're mm. better than this, you're better than this, come on, not not in a bad way, right. but like, we love you, we love you, right. what can we do? That's not going to enable you, you're better, come on, let's help, but guess what? The majority of people who were like I was don't have family like that. So that's where I come in. Mm. That's where I come in. And I am that person to help lift those that don't have people like my family. And um, that's it's my calling. I am not religious, but I believe in, in God and Jesus. And that's, again, why I've been single for two years uh, and alone. Uh, and I'm happy with it. But... You know, that I feel like it in my heart that I'm supposed to share and remind people that, hey, we are not alone. Not only by the grace of God am I sitting here today where I am. Yeah. So that is why I'm here. Mm. And we're happy to have you. And I think that leads to a follow-up question. How has collaborating with other podcasters or other people benefited you or been a positive experience? Like you you were just kind of talking about that that network, that support group. And it, it, I feel like there's a very nice parallel, right? Like I, I've mentioned how the support group, like the relationships I developed with Ken or with Luigi or with Chris or the others from the All Life Podcast, like there is camaraderie, there is a common goal, there is common themes, common interests, and that keeps you going, right? Because if I have one listener show up and I'm just having a great conversation, right? I, I would not enjoy this if it was just me talking to myself, projecting my voice out into nothingness. But when, even if no one ever watched this, you and I having this conversation, there is benefit to that. And I enjoy it, right? So every week, that camaraderie is something that I look forward to. So that, that's been one of the benefits for me is I've loved the different formats. Like you've got my format, you've got Ken's format, and I've gotten to participate in all of it. What about for you? What's What's been that positive experience of the networks, either for podcasting, TikToking in general? I would have to say the most positive is 
um, I would, my first thought was on TikTok, having all of the people who are not happy with the current administration, I'm trying to put it, you know, that were on my side and we were all together just like, yeah, you know, but truth be told, the most positive part is the fact that I have a huge community of both sides, um, red, blue, gray, purple, whatever. I'm talking political. And we're all buddies. I'm not talking Smurfs or something. Like that. Anyway, I knew what you meant. <laughs> uh, but we're, yeah. So like they check on me, they worry about me. And I, this is, I was, I'm surprised when it comes from the left, you know, like this, the way left, you know, how are you, Danny? You know, we've missed you on live. Wait a second. This is cool. Like we're both planting seeds, like in each other's brains. And I think about what they have to say. I process it. And there are times that I not change, but I maybe think about and before I speak, uh, because I have been quick to react and I'm, I'm trying my hardest to stop, think, and listen and process before I, I answer a question, uh, especially, especially regarding politics, because I was one of those that was like, you're a moron, you know, way back. I mean, I'm talking about like two years ago. Yeah, I just had no room for that. But now it's more like, tell me why. I want to know. I don't understand. Is it your conditioning? What's going on? Because I know you're wrong, but regardless, like, tell me why. I'm kidding. It was a dub dose. <laughs> but anyway, no, I'm, I'm willing to learn. And I have friends now that are on the left and it makes me feel good. Yeah. It's validating also. And I need that too. Yeah. So, what about you, Ryan? And I really think that for me, of course, collaborating with someone who's more like-minded to me or like, like you or like Ken is nice to just have those conversations that kind of reiterate what you already believe. And the Alt-Left podcast contains this within themselves too, right? Like they they have three at various points on the left that are basically in the same boat. And, and that's great. And that serves its purpose. But I also really like the conversations where we wildly disagree because it's either um, I don't have to come up with the points that I strongly disagree with. I just – they present them and then I disagree with them, right? That's there's a nice discourse that takes place there. Or, you know, I'm I'm challenged beyond the echo chamber, right? To think, oh, that's a good point. I'm I'm gonna explain why I disagree, but you know, there is merit to that point in most instances to both sides. There's at least some merit, right? Like even when we've talked about the prison reform, it's very easy to to go extreme to from to either well, they absolutely deserve it, which maybe they do. But like, then we talk about the inhumane condition. You know, like there, there's so much to that conversation that it can't be one sided. Or you know, you can drift all the way to the other side. We need to tear it down, and there should never be prison. No punishment for anything. So like, it really develops the nuance of that conversation, and to just be presented with differing opinions has been really, really refreshing to me, and it's, it's challenged me. Like, I honestly, I've. I wouldn't say I've drastically shifted, but I've at least been like, okay, I, I see the merit. Kind of like the All Left podcast mentioned, they don't agree with me, but they at least see how I've reached that conclusion. I could say the same about them or, you know, even Josh, who's, you know, one of one of the co-hosts here when, when he's not out of town. Um, but you you see and you can you can form mutual respect. And, and so that, that's been one of the big things for me, I think. Huge. 
Yeah. I mean, just being able to build respect, like say Josh and I, uh, we're completely different, yep. you know, he irritated the hell out of me in that, <laughs> that first time. And I was like, Danny, wait a second. His feelings and his thoughts are just as valid and truthful as yours are to you. Knock it off and quit being an asshole. Even though I wasn't like <laughs> outwardly, you know, and here I'm like, you know, yeah. and I'm, I had to, I had to recenter myself at like, wait, hold on. Yeah. This is not okay. So uh, just being able to see that, work through it, process it, and being able to get along with people who are yeah. different than you is huge. Yeah. So. Well, and, and one of the reasons that we offer that behind the scenes Discord channel is one, we don't get paid for this. So we're trying to generate the revenue to cover the monthly bills that we have for the streaming equipment and stuff like that. But also, the benefit to the viewers is that they see you and me and Josh and whatever guests we have as the humans behind the scenes that we are, right? Because like if you if you if your view is cut off the moment the live stream ends, you think Josh and I hate each other probably uh, at some of these episodes, depending on how heated it gets. But we're just like, hey, that was you know that was great round, dude. Like you know that was a great point. You had me that you know like it's it's more about the relationships after, you know, of course I'm going to strongly stand by my point. That's my job right now. It's, it's almost like politicians, right? Like they go at each other's throats, but a lot of them are not as truly hateful of the other person. Once they get behind closed doors as a lot of people, I think tend to assume about them, right? Like they're like, Oh, you know, this person, this person, they hate each other. When in reality, you know, they're, they're going out for drinks, <laughs> you know? So it, it really with no mask on. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the hypocrisy sorry. is a whole other tangent we could go down. I know, I'm sorry. And it's one of the things that makes me strongly dislike if I was gonna generalize, of course there's people that I'm fine with, but like if I the, my general comments about my distaste for politicians is not because I don't think that there's no merit to them, but because of the hypocrisy like that that takes place. And because of the political theater where who is the one who gets the shaft, it's it's the taxpayers it's the the commoners or you know the non-elites as ken likes to continue to go back to it's us and i think that these discussions and the collaborations help humanize the other side because it's very easy like especially before the alt left podcast had me on you would think that they thought that every person who was to the right of them was a nazi who should pretty much be put down but then there's almost this when you're confronted with someone who you like as a person, but you disagree with, there's almost this cognitive dissonance that takes place. And you're like, okay, how do I now reconcile the fact that this is a decent human being who's not all about white supremacy like I've been characterizing them, right? Or that I've generally encountered, right? Because there are white supremacists. I know that um, Chris lives in an area in California that does have a pretty high... Uh, white supremacy population. And that's what he's confronted with when he thinks conservative. But then he talks to me and he's like, huh, maybe, you know, there's just areas we can disagree and agree to disagree. So I, I really like the collaborations where that's what's brought up for both sides. Because it happens to me too. I'm like, huh, you know, I think these ideas are stupid, which is why I don't like them. And then I'm, you know, have them explained to me and I'm like, okay, I at least see how you got there. I strongly disagree. But hey, you know, you're a human being and it humanizes right. us. And you know, I... To segue off what you just said, I have contacted two people I can think of off the top of my head who are Democrats and I mean big time Democrats and they have continually for the last 25 years have been shitty to me. Uh, and now that I am able to stand up for myself and, you know, I, I have apologized for my part in being 
the way that I was because I was close-minded and rude and just out. But what gets me a segue part, like I said, is there is nothing in return and it just pisses Mm. me off. So that's another tough part is the ego of apologizing for my side of the street and, um, you know, not receiving anything back and then expecting them expecting me to be at their beck and call and being trying to be the good person that I want to be, I'll be there. I also think that these segments are cathartic, right? Because I don't, I I don't know. I get until it is like written down or recorded my thoughts on things, having the ADHD brain that I do, I'm like, it's almost overwhelming to where I'm like, I, I just need to get this down. So my mind can rest. And, and my mind doesn't rest very much as it is. But like when I have these conversations, there's a lot of times I walk away and I was like, oh, I wish I would have said this or that, especially as I listen back. But at least the majority of my points are out there. And then I just know, okay, great. Like disagree with me if you want. Hate my opinion if you want, but it's out there. And so like to me, there's that has been one of the driving things behind this podcast that has kept me going is it is an outlet. Ken mentioned the introvert outlet, how he feels seen. For me... It's been more about getting my thoughts out there and not being forced. Because, like, what's the alternative? Most of the time people go to social media. I hate Twitter wars. I hate Facebook wars because you don't get the humanization, right? Like, people are like, oh, you know, screw the alt-left podcast or screw Joe Bob, which we'll get to in a second here. What is that going to change? Nothing. Anyway. Yeah, you, you piss off half the people and the other half are like, good job. You know, like, it, And then you get banned. That's it. Yeah. And so there's no education like you're doing. No, there, so. there's not. And I think that really what makes these educational and why we've received the positive feedback we have for this show is that we have both sides. We platform not just both sides, but the spectrum. Like, Respectfully. And that, yes. And that's the thing is, is you're, you're going to see vehement disagreements, but no name calling. Like Josh is not going to call me a name. He's going to attack my points with substantive points and vice versa. And that is why we're here is because of mutual respect and that. Um, yeah. Why don't we why don't we play our last one and then you and I will answer our last couple of questions. And then we'll go into um, a few shout outs and we'll also give you a teaser about season two. So in case, <laughs> we're, I've decided uh, just sporadically that seasons are going to be each year. So we just concluded season one <laughs> and, you know, season 10 will be the 10 year prediction that Luigi gave us. <laughs> here's hoping we make it that far. All right. Here's Joe Bob. And what up between the liars? Happy birthday. Ryan, what up between the liars? Happy birthday. Uh, had a great time when I came on uh, last time. Looking forward to doing it again at some point. Uh, wanted to go through some of these questions because I think they're kind of fun. Uh, Ryan sent me over after being on the show, kind of a happy birthday podcast, fun stuff to answer. Uh, first one is what's, what inspired you to start your show slash be a political commentator? I, I don't know, dude. I, <laughs> I stayed out of political commentation, commentation, is that the right word? Commentating uh, on purpose for a long time. I started commentating when I was 30 uh, after a long time being in the political space. Um, 
I think one of the main reasons I started to want to get out there, again, purposely avoiding being a political commentator, I think one of the reasons why I wanted to get started was I felt like there was a widely missing light-hearted element to my particular side of the aisle or beliefs. Um, not to say that anybody is doing anything poorly. Uh, again, people that agree with me on certain policy issues, but I think there's a wide swath of people that were being missed a little bit uh, or not being catered to who don't take everything so seriously all the time. Um, again, that's not a knock on anybody who takes things very seriously because this is a very serious battleground that we are currently in in our political climate. Uh, I just thought, you know, more smiles can't hurt anybody. Uh, that's how I got involved or wanted to start becoming a political commentator. What's the biggest lesson you've learned since you started? <sighs> I think the biggest eye-opening thing, not necessarily lesson, but the biggest... I don't know. I don't know if this is a lesson. I don't know if I'm answering this question correctly. But I think the most eye-opening thing that I've learned in this political media space is how much is out there in terms of content and how many small pockets of audiences there are. I kind of, again, coming from the political space, you kind of think of like Fox News and the Wall Street Journal and your big media outlets and kind of think, all right, those are the sectors that happen. But in this like influencer culture, I think the biggest eye-opening thing, again, that I've like learned is like, holy cow, there's so many people doing this and doing it well and doing it successfully. I, I, I didn't know that. Uh, and it's, I don't know, it's been an interesting experience uh, thus far. What's been your biggest challenge you faced as a political commentator? Honestly, sleep. Uh, I have been very, very fortunate and blessed to have had a pretty quick trajectory. I don't know what the right term is, uh, but things have happened pretty dang quickly. Uh, I started doing I started doing a show with the Daily Caller. I think in like May or June of last year, and by September I was doing a I think yeah September or October I was doing a live show with Daily Caller every single morning. And then from there, January became a turning point contributor in addition to the Daily Caller stuff. And then like last month started going on the Candace Owens show um, semi-regularly-ish among other like speaking engagements and stuff. And so I've been super, super fortunate about you know how fast this has moved. Um, and I'm very, very grateful to all of the people that have been involved in making that happen. Uh, but the biggest challenge has been getting sleep, whether it be from jet lag or just I don't know, doing too many things uh, too many times. He said yes when we wanted to collaborate. What made you say yes? What's the favorite part about crossing over with uh, us between the liars? Um, I'm a big fan of long-form conversations. I like Joe Rogan a lot. Who doesn't? Uh, in addition to a bunch of your other you know, long-form, hour-long podcasts, multiple hour-long podcasts, people just talking. Um, and I think the format that you guys have is is good and a good, healthy way to engage people that may not talk otherwise. I think I was on, um, shoot, I feel bad. I forget the guy's name, um, but an avowed communist. And I, I don't shy away from conversations with those people. And 
I think it's good to have conversations because I honestly do believe that most Americans agree on most things, at least in part. Um, and I think the polarization of the political sides and the political ideology and the two-party system and all that sort of stuff um, makes it difficult to see that sometimes. So I think long-form conversations and the format that between the liars, liars and, and Ryan has set up has been great. Um, how has collaborating with other podcasters and personalities benefited you? It has been a positive experience. I've not, I, so I haven't had a bad experience with really anybody or anything as of yet. Um, I don't know. Just meeting people and hearing what they have to say about thing and things and taking in their information and retooling how I approach things and the arguments that I make, if I'm making arguments. Um, yeah, it's all been a good experience. I, I haven't had, there are people that I've talked to that I have vehemently disagree with and think they're wrong about everything policy-wise. And I generally don't have a problem with them on a personal level. Um, and so, yeah, it's always been a positive experience. Uh, what lessons have you learned, good or bad, surprising that you've learned? Whew, I didn't really think this one through before I started recording this. Uh, what was a lesson, good or bad, surprising that you learned? Um, I don't know about lesson necessarily, but I've learned to... I, I hate to use the word censor because that's just that's a that's a, a hot term nowadays. But self-censored jokes that might go too far in my head when I'm on talk shows and talking about things. That's going to be the downfall. By by the way, uh, is I'm going to say a joke that I think is funny that I don't actually mean uh, because I fashion myself as a comedian in some way, shape, or forms. Um, but speaking extemporaneously. There's a lot of things that pop into your head when somebody else is talking of like, oh, this would be funny. And learning the lesson of, okay, maybe don't say that. Maybe that's a little too far over the line. Maybe a very small select few group of people will think that's funny, a very insider joke or a very not cool joke. Uh, maybe there's a small select few group of people that would find that funny, but I feel like the broader audience is probably not going to like that, so don't say it. I think that's the lesson, I guess. I, again, I don't know if that, I'm probably not answering, even answering the question correctly. Um, yeah, I, I, that's, I don't know. Probably didn't answer that right, but that's that's the lesson I've learned is to not <laughs> not say some things that I think are funny that eh, maybe not the best joke to make in the situation. Um, Between the Liars was great. Uh, I've listened to a couple of the podcasts outside, not all of them. Sorry, can't get to every single one, but um, I love the format. Ryan is a very good at mediating from a unbiased standpoint. Um, I would imagine everybody has their own opinions. I, I think um, it would be stupid to think that anybody is wholly objective to everything. Um, but I think in the way that the show is formatted and everything you know works and flows and the conversation flows, um, I think it's a great way to invite more meaningful conversation between people who, again, probably wouldn't have that conversation otherwise. Um, if you feel so inclined, go ahead and check me out on any of the Daily Caller platforms each and every morning. Uh, also, whenever I'm on 
the Candace Owens show or, or speaking at a thing anywhere, you can find me uh, on social media, J-O-B-O-B, just type in J-O-B-O-B. Also on the TPUSA, Turning Point USA, live couch here and there. Also doing another show. This is what this is why my biggest problem is sleep. Doing too many things, but if you want to, uh, I don't know, find me wherever, just type in J-O-B-O-B. There's not many Joe Bobs out there. Um, so, hey. Appreciate you guys. Happy birthday. Uh, would love to come on again if I can find some time. And uh, really appreciate what you're doing. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. All right, guys. Thanks. Joe Bob was definitely the the largest celebrity-style talking head we've had on this show. I was very, very fortunate to have locked him down just because of the time. I mean, you hear all the things he's talking about doing. Um, <laughs> and he just continues Candace to blow Owen. up. That was, yeah, that was after we had him on. Uh, so like I have Candace Owens. I don't know if she still is her executive assistant. I have her cell phone number in my phone. Like she and really? I were working together wow. when I was with Walt Blackman trying to get them together. It worked out. Unfortunately, like I couldn't go for that walk in Washington DC when Walt and his wife went. But man, I was, it was like horseshoes and grenades. I was so close to talking to Candace Owens, man. And she is like, and then talking about jokes, I get it. You know? Yeah, um, me too. I have, not on this show, but especially in years past, learned through experience the hard way at times, just going too far. It's not that it wasn't funny. I said it, uh, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> I, I still have a hard time keeping my mouth shut. Like, yeah, I just won't even go into it. But there was one about Cher I did the other day and Sunny Bono about her bark being worse than her bike. Her bike <laughs> bark, Sunny Tree. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, but yes, I would love to meet that man. Um, he sounds very, very good. I can't wait to hear his show. Um, the Daily Caller, really, like. Yeah, um, awesome. he has snippets on TikTok. He also has the full segments goes live on Facebook, I know for sure. So, um, I he, just his are, him on every... Yeah, he's he's more, like he said, when he said he's more in like the comedy entertaining aspect, it's true. Um, his stuff is even more, we do the long conversations, his is more digestible. I would say his live streams probably don't go longer than 30 minutes most of the time. And yeah, just if you follow him on his Instagram, it's just Instagram story of flight after flight after flight. Like I'm just like, how does this man have any time for a personal life? Like, I mean, he's just so busy, but yeah. Um, I just want to say thank you to all of the people who responded. Like I, I asked each of these four if they would be, you know, willing and interested to do this. So thank you for the time and the effort you put into that. And we're going to have them all back on. The question is just when. It's not if, it's when, and that's really, again, coming down to my greatest challenge, which is coordinating schedules. So uh, that's that, that, but that will that will definitely be a thing as soon as we can. So, yep, and I'm looking forward to being part of it. Uh, as long as I'm invited, I will be here. Um, even <laughs> you like have an open invitation. Like this, <laughs> even like days like this morning when I woke up about 15 minutes before <laughs> we went live, I'm like, I'm gonna shower and get ready to do my makeup like this, and I was here. I made it. Uh, I'm here, and I would love to continue. Yeah, and we'd love to have you. I think the last question I have for you, or just for us, for this conversation, is what was the surprising thing you've learned? Uh, I think for me, it's surprising how open-minded most people are. 
I, 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 Joe Bob touched on this in his message. The major, he, he says he believes that the majority of Americans agree on the majority of things, at least in part. And I think there's a lot more common ground than you would be led to believe if your consumption is through legacy media, Twitter, Facebook, etc. When you have actual conversations like this where people are humanized and they are held to account through, I can't just call you a nasty name and hide behind a burner bot account, right? Like I, I, I am accountable for what I say. You get a lot more, not necessarily even agreement, but a lot more willingness to discuss than I think you would be led to believe. Respect, too. Yeah, that's that's a great way to put that. So that, to me, has been the most surprising thing about this journey, I think. You know, for me, I would say uh, I'm going to kind of go off of what Ken said, you know, for so long as a child and even as an adult, I felt I was never heard. Mm. Or what I what I had to say wasn't important, or it didn't matter, and maybe it didn't. But guess what? Like I said earlier, it does to me. Yeah. And so, like now that I'm getting responses that more positive responses than I do negative, mm. and when the negative ones, they're uneducated and, and just I just get to laugh it off, like when they called me a nerd last night. I'm like, thank you. Like, <laughs> But, um, you know, I get positive responses now and that builds me up and that, you know, is that, Mm. is that sad? I probably would have thought so before, but now no, because guess what? I'm more vocal. I'm more, you know, out there and I share the truth about me Mm. and about how I feel. And I think that is the greatest lesson I've learned is that what I have to say is important no matter what. And I've learned that and I'm happy. So, yeah. yeah. And good. Great for you, Ken, because you're right there with me, man. I think we have a lot to do with the same stuff here. Yeah. So I think I've been learning that if you can please everyone, you're kind of the milk toast, lukewarm takes, you know, like you're either, you're either, either you're wishy-washy like Aaron Burr style, just kind of go with the wind politician style, right? Just or she- Whatever I yeah or or you don't investigate like there's a lot of contributing factors potential contributing factors, but I think that you know if if you don't piss some people off you're probably not doing your job now does that mean you intentionally piss people off no I I try to be civil that that is why I take on this moderator role in fact I would say it, it almost holds back is not the right way to put that but like i'll just say that we'll see if there's a better word for this it holds back the takes that i truly give at times because i'm more focused on running the show making sure that things are running smoothly i'm not necessarily fully present for all of the refutations to points if you will i'm i'm trying to make sure that the conversation flows that other people get their thoughts out there and of course i come down hard at times but i'm really trying to orchestrate so that you get this platform to do the job that I, I, you know, wanted it to do from the get go. Um, I got to tell you, Ryan, I just got a text from my grandmother who yep. is an avid, avid watcher of your show. Aww, and, I uh, <laughs> I, you know, nanny, we call her nanny. She's watching now. Uh, nanny. Uh, she said, very good show. You and Ryan mesh very well together. Keep on keeping on. You Thanks. two are doing an amazing show. Guys, if you are pleasing everybody, you don't have a message. Yeah, that's a good way to put that. So, you know, Nanny has been my two, one of the two of my biggest cheerleaders, and I wouldn't be here, I mean, literally and figuratively <laughs> without her. 
So, I mean, this woman, anyways, mm. yes, yeah, so she loves the show. Well, thank you for that. And comment. she had a great point. We wouldn't have a message. It's true. You, you won't. And it's, it's okay to frame that message in a way that invites conversation, but you need to have a stance. Like, and, and that's where, I don't know, I'm always tinkering with the way we do this show. I'm always open to feedback, as long as it's constructive, right? Like, don't come at me and personally attack. But, yeah. like, if you've got suggestions on how the show, you, my viewers, right? Like, I'd love to hear it. Um, you want to, sh should we tell them a little bit about what we got coming for season two? Absolutely. Okay. Let's tell them about our new possible, well, yes. Uh, yeah. So... Number one, we're bringing Danny on as a full-time host. Doesn't mean she'll be on every episode because she does have schedule conflicts at time, but she's going to be a consistent guest. Open invitation always. So, you know, get ready to see a lot more of Danny in season two. Uh, you're going to have, if you haven't already, check out the Bill Me segments I've started doing. I would love your feedback on how we can curate that to keep you all informed. That is the premise of the show. It's not just discourse, but keeping people informed about opinions, about what's going on. So check those out. Help us curate that to really keep you informed. Though Some of those are longer. Some of those are shorter. The premise of Bill Me segments is I start with the summary of the bill. We talk about the way the media has covered things, the way the politicians have covered things, what the text actually says, and then we read it. And if you stick around through the whole thing, congratulations. Um, <laughs> you're a nerd like me and you're willing to go all the way through the text because it gets kind of dry. But that that is kind of the, the crux, the premise of that. Now, we alluded to this earlier. We're going to do election year coverage. Specific details on that, I don't know. I just know I, I, I'm envisioning kind of like a sportscaster style, you know, like when they do the NBA draft, the stats on these people, the history of these people, what's going on, who are they, you know, just keeping people informed before they get out to vote. That's what I'd like to do. Break down, not trying to persuade you per se, but to just make you an informed voter. That's that's what I'd like to do through that. And then uh, more guests. Danny, uh, why don't you just refresh their memory on at least those two people we got. Hopefully more. We'll see. Well, um, not two for sure, but for sure one. Uh, she is running for Maricopa County Attorney's Office right now. And this is the woman that I have switched my voting preference for, not from Republican to Democrat, but from Republican to no party specific. Yep. Uh, I want to get all information. Um, in order to look at it properly. I have studied her. Anyways, regardless, she is interested, Julie Gunnigal, in coming on the show. Um, I am super excited because regardless if you're a Democrat or a Republican, I think, unless you're closed-minded, <clears throat> or old farm group, um, then, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, closed-minded and just don't want to learn, you're not going to like her. No. Uh, but that's not my problem because you need to, I mean, whatever. She's awesome. The other person um, I'm, I've reached out to is Representative Walt Blackman. Who I, he's Republican uh, legislator here. He was the first African-American uh, legislator re representative to be elected into the Arizona House of Representatives. Mm -hmm. oh, this was... 2018, 2019, whatever that one that was. First, this is the wild, wild <laughs> west. And let me tell you, this man is, a, is an advocate for criminal justice reform. Mm -hmm. He is now running for Congress, District 6 uh, in Arizona. So, you know, he is running against an incumbent. So it's going to be difficult. But if I have faith in anybody, um, it's George, my, I mean, not George, my God. Sorry. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Walt Blackman. Even, yeah. Okay. I, he's just a great dude. 
All right. Well, hopefully we get him on. Yeah, I, I am. This is another thing with the networking, right? I connected with you. I get your connections. Ken connects with me. He gets my connections, right? Like we're, we're here to help each other. We're here with the common goal of getting the information out. I love, love seeing this. So uh, we're going to come back. We're, we're going to do a few announcements here in a second. We'll come back with our hot takes, which will be a little different this time around. So stay with us, but we'll be right back. You're listening to the Central Hub for Political Discourse. <laughs> All right, we never actually go anywhere. <laughs> this is just the radio throw, you know, the little homage to, to radio. Uh, yeah. Here's here's your announcements. I want to do a couple of shout outs. Uh, so number one, uh, Angela's not actually here today, but she's kind of been our day one supporter. She is studying her butt off for the bar exam she's got coming up. Uh, major congrats to her because she just graduated from law school. So that that's, <laughs> I couldn't do it. Uh, congrats to her. And so now she's got to take the bar exam. You can't just be educated as a lawyer. You got you to gotta prove, you know, stuff with the bar exam. So she is probably not going to see daylight here for a month or two till she t- – I think she takes the next month. So I love her. <laughs> yes. Uh, she's the other one who really engages in the chat. I love it because it really helps make these conversations more organic. Uh, the other two shout-outs. One, this lovely music that you hear for our intros and our outros. That is courtesy of Andrew Hensley over at Secret Spike Studio slash 865 Audio. He was one of my best friends in undergrad, and he is phenomenal with just – he's so – he drums, uh, keys, uh, guitar especially, just so gifted with music. And so he volunteered to take on uh, not just – like recording, but like composing and mixing and all of that. So it sounds as good as it does because of him. And then uh, the artwork. Uh, let me let me see if I can this this beautiful between the liars logo right here. Uh, that was courtesy of Monica Zatera. She was one of my friends from North Dakota, North Dakota State actually. So she she just completely fabricated that. Just I gave her some general ideas of what I wanted, concepts of the show, and she helped bring that. Um, so as we close out this first season, I did want to give two final thank yous to the two of them. So thank you both for just helping to make this show into what it is. And if you're interested in catching Danny and I and the other uh, betweeners or liars, whatever you want to call us, uh, before and after the show, our Discord channel goes live 30 minutes before and 30 minutes after, sometimes longer just because we get off on a really juicy, interesting tangent. You can look at supporting us through either our Patreon or also through, um, I think it's called Buy Me a Coffee, but that'll give you access to our Discord channel. You can chat with us behind the scenes there. So yes. if you're interested, also, yeah, go ahead. I apologize. Like, no, uh, go. Mr. Go, go sleuth. You know, you have been awesome this whole um, segment and I appreciate you. And, you know, I, I hope you come back and it's good to have you. So, yeah. Thank you for the comments too. We really, and I, I, it, it's nice because it, like I said, it just makes the conversation more organic. Like we've got a general schedule for an idea of how we want the conversation to go. That keeps it running. But I am more than happy to go off on tangents, answer comments, respond to stuff. And I just love seeing the engagement. So thank you. All right. Uh, Any other announcements, Danny, or else we're going to get back with our hot takes? No, I am good. Okay. Well, here we go. (laughs) All right. So our hot takes for this time, usually the hot takes is kind of your summary, your main arguments. Like what, what do you want people to take away? This time, because we didn't really 
debate anything. Um, I just want us to talk about what are we excited about for the coming season next this next year. Uh, for me, I'm most excited just to see how we continue to learn and to grow. I'm excited to see how our audience grows. Like I keep going back to Angela because, you know, not only was she one of my best friends from undergrad that I met while I was there, supporter of this show, really engages the comments, but we also start picking up the more people comment, the more I look forward to seeing. And, and there's it's it's like when my students participate in the classroom. I know you're there. I can see who's here and present, at least viewer count. But when you start commenting, we form a relationship. And the longer you're here, the more you come back, the more you comment, the more we develop that uh, parasocial relationship where I look forward to hearing about your successes offline, online. Like, I, I love that. So I look forward to developing those relationships. And I'm just excited to see really the topics that we cover. Like, I think this is my coping mechanism for dealing with the insanity that is the real world, that is politics. Like, that's... I look forward to this every week because these are the tight-knit friends that I have. You know, Danny, we've never met in person, but we're starting to develop a great chemistry for the podcasting. Josh and Marcelo, two of my best friends, will remain to be so. Like, I love the deep, meaningful relationships, even with people I've never met. I've never met Ken in person. I've never met Luigi in person. I've never met Joba. I would love to meet all these people in person. But I'm excited to see how those relationships continue. So that's that's my hot takes. I'll give it to you. So my hot take, you know, regardless if it um, really has anything to do with what we're talking about now, but it is political and it does have to do with life in general. And um, I don't know if you guys heard about the former county attorney here in Maricopa, uh, Alistair Dell. She passed away. Um, she had an extreme alcohol problem. So there's a lot of speculation having to do with why she died. Um, I can give you my personal belief, which I don't know if it's true. I think she committed suicide. Now, here's the thing. Um, when she wanted to run for county attorney before she was appointed, they told her she was too fat. Um, she had a weight loss surgery. Then she was appointed to county attorney. She started doing things the way that she wanted to do them and was attacked, 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 attacked. And guys, we have to remember that we are human beings. I don't care if you agree with me or not. You don't know where I'm sitting today. I don't know where you're sitting today. God dang it. Be nice because it affects people and people do things that you may not do, or I may not do. I don't know if Alistair killed herself, but I'm speculating that the abuse that she took had something to do with that. I don't care if you're red, blue, purple, or whatever. Be kind. There are educated, better ways to go about getting your point across than calling names and just being an asshole. So be kind, be nice. That's my hot take. It can save a life. You would think it wouldn't be that hard to just not be an asshole. You know, like, I mean, and yet, and yet here we are. I mean, I, I don't know, but all right. Well, anyway, that was, that's <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I'm excited to see uh, where Especially we go. Especially during election year, we got to get that out there, so. Yes. All right. Well, remember that you can find us on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, Twitch, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on our social medias to stay updated. And if you enjoy this show, 
give us a five-star review. Let other people know why you like us. Help us beat that algorithm. Share us with your friends. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in Season 2. I'm sure you find yourself somewhere between the liars. Goodbye for now. <laughs>